Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to detail for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. John Smoltz. Is if you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that have grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Paul Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio, powered by Malka Sports. Learn more about them at M-A-L-K-A sports.com. A tremendous guest lined up for you this week. Another powerful woman working in sports. Stephanie McMahon, Chief Brand Officer of WWE. Boy, grew up in the McMahon household. Her dad, Vince was the visionary for WWE. She works in the family business. Um, She's married to Triple H. SummerSlam is coming up at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, home of the Raiders. First time ever that SummerSlam is being held in an NFL venue. But you're going to learn a lot about the history of WWE, why it's been successful. It's scripted. And what goes into making good storylines? What goes into making those iconic superstars that WWE has produced? Everyone from Hulk Hogan to The Rock to John Cena, Andre the Giant. By the way, the Andre the Giant doc on HBO, the most viewed sports doc ever in the history of HBO. So WWE has always been ahead of the curve, too, with things like pay-per-view, OTT. They've got this amazing deal with Peacock to stream There are events like SummerSlam coming up this weekend. So, you know, if you want to talk to one of the smartest people in business and someone who's part of what I think is one of the great entrepreneurial families in U.S. sports history, much like the Steinbrenners or anyone else, it's Stephanie McMahon, and she's joining me on the show today. Executive producer Brian Griggs joins me now. Griggs, how are you? I'm doing great. And uh, yeah, Stephanie, I mean, talk about a woman who is ingrained in wrestling. I mean, she's grown up and it's been in her life all along and she's still killing it. And uh, what a great interview. And just, you know, kind of peel the curtains back of WWE and what it does and how they work it. Really fascinating stuff. Yeah. And they're not afraid to say that it's scripted. It's it's show business. So, you know, if you're watching an NBA game or an NFL game, you're hoping it comes down to the final seconds and someone's going to launch a three to win the game or someone's going to score a touchdown and kick a field goal to win the game. With WWE, you can script it so you can have that thrilling ending. Um, and I think what they've done so well as you're here, uh, Stephanie, talk is, you know, there's a there's a good guy and a bad guy. or There's a, a good woman and a bad woman. And, you know, Stephanie actually plays a villain uh, and she's a really nice person. So you can script these things. You can have it turn out the way you want to have it turn out for the most compelling uh, storylines. And 
Gosh, Griggs, I mean, if you're looking over the history of like movies and TV, WWE, the writers for WWE, they've created some of the most compelling storylines ever. I was just going to say, too, I mean, you've got athletes that are doing this, but they're also actors and they're believable and the stories are cool. And like you said, the writers, I mean, how about what a long legacy of writers that have been writing for WWE all these years and still killing it. And they're, it's, it's compelling stuff. They keep growing. They're getting better venues. It's, it's great. Well, and when you talk about like Hulk Hogan was around when I was a kid, uh, John Cena is, you know, one of the stars now, Andre the Giant, The Rock, these have all translated to the big screen and to movies. I mean, The Rock might be the biggest star in Hollywood right now, and he started in WWE. So, you know, you you build those superstar characters, and then they become transferable to the movie screen. And gosh, you know, all those people I just mentioned, they've made WWE a lot of money, but boy, WWE has made them huge stars. Oh, yeah. I think you're right with The Rock. I mean, he's massive now. And these guys are so likable and fun and just energetic. And they have so much personalities. They can run the whole gamut. They can do drama. They can do comedy. They can do physical stuff. It's really fun. I mean, and like you said, I think it's really painted the career for these guys post WWE and they're huge now. Well, what I love about this conversation, too, is we get to know the the personal side of Stephanie McMahon as well. She's a mom to three daughters. She's married to Triple H. She's obviously the daughter of Vince McMahon. Uh, you know, she grew up with Andre the Giant being one of her best friends. Uh, you know, he's coming over for dinner when she's three years old. Mr. T and Hulk Hogan are coming over for dinner. I mean, Griggs, can you imagine growing up in the McMahon household? And she talks about that during our conversation. Fascinating. I mean, just those names. I mean, Mr. T sitting at your dinner table having a burger. I mean, how about that? I mean, you can't beat that. All right. Coming up next, Stephanie McMahon, the chief brand officer for WWE. You're going to love this conversation. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Brian Berger here. We've collaborated with our friends at Parish Project to create high quality sports business radio clothing, including hoodies, long sleeve T-shirts and short sleeve T-shirts. Each item comes in five different colors and a variety of sizes. These items are super comfortable and you can wear them on Zoom calls, while working out, or when you're lounging around the house. Sports Business Radio has loyal listeners around the world. We'd love for you to post a picture rocking your Sports Business Radio gear. Tag us on Instagram or Twitter if you post. Get your official Sports Business Radio gear by going online to parishproject.com. That's parishproject.com. P-A-R-I-S-H project.com. My guest is Stephanie McMahon. She is the chief brand officer for WWE. You can follow her on Twitter at Steph McMahon or on Instagram at Stephanie McMahon. SummerSlam is going to stream live on Saturday, August 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific time on Peacock. Stephanie, thanks for joining me on Sports Business Radio. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you for having me, Brian. It's really a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I've looked forward to this conversation for a long time. I want to start at the beginning with you. You've got such an interesting life. I know it's been WWE's been part of your life since you were born. I've heard you talk about Andre the Giant was your good friend. You had Hulk Hogan and Mr. T coming over for dinner. Take me into the McMahon house growing up. What was it like growing up in a home where showbiz was the family business? 
Oh, gosh, it's a great question. You know, it's just the only life I've ever known. Um, you know, to me, I really grew up with my parents building our business. So they were, you know, working long hours. And my brother, uh, my older brother, Shane, who's seven years older than me, pretty much tormented me as most <laughs> older brothers do. And uh, I do think he may have tried every wrestling hold that there ever has been on me, um, but I am all the better for it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Uh, at what point did you say, you know what, I think I'm going to be a part of the family business or was it not even a choice for you? It was definitely a choice. Um, it's something that I've always wanted to do. I've watched since I can remember. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, I used to think my dad was, you know, just the, the commentator on the show. Um, and, and then, you know, obviously started to learn more behind the scenes to sit in on his meetings to, you know, when they were at the house, he used to what's called in our business book, the creative, which is really writing the storylines and, and quote unquote, booking the matches. Um, and I fell in love with the business and, uh, and always have, and, and I had the opportunity to meet all these larger than life characters and get to know the real people behind the characters. And it's just always been this sort of um, storybook come to life. You know, that's, that's this world that I grew up in. I couldn't imagine doing anything different. When you grow up with parents like yours, sometimes it's hard to chart your own path. You are now one of the leading executives of WWE. How have you charted your own path and kind of made your own imprint? Well, I, I think it's important that my mom was the CEO, and I don't want to gloss over that because for me as a woman growing up, um, you know, a girl growing up and then becoming a woman, I never saw my gender as a barrier. You know, I always thought that CEO was just the way it should be, right? Not that um, it was unusual, uh, especially at that time. Um, so I do think that that's very important. My parents have definitely provided me opportunities that I may not have other, otherwise had. Um, but being here at WWE is a privilege. It's not a right. Um, and you have to earn respect every single day. So I try to do just that. I try to work as hard as I possibly can. I try to lead by example. Um, I try to make the best decisions that I can and always use my voice and believe in myself. I think it's important to have the confidence to, to stand up in a room and not be afraid. I want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago about storylines. I've always thought that WWE, I mean, I don't care if we're talking movies, TV shows, whatever. WWE has the best storylines of any venture I've ever seen in my life. And you've done it over decades. So here's my question. What makes for a good storyline? Oh, it's a great question. Well, you have to have all of the fundamental foundational elements. And like you said, it's really no different than a great movie, play, sitcom, even ballet. It's really protagonist versus antagonist with conflict resolution. It's that simple. Only our conflicts are settled inside a 20 by 20 foot <laughs> frame with some of the greatest live action you could see in sports or entertainment. But I will say the relatability is so important. Um, and we have, you know, so many different types of characters and storylines, but you know, Maya Angelou, I, I, I quote her often. She said, people will never remember what you said. They'll never remember what you did, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Hmm. And that's what storytelling does when it's done right. It makes you feel something. It generates an emotional connection. 
And that's what we try to do every single day. Yeah, you guys do an amazing job at it. Uh, some of the biggest names that have been in WWE, Hulk Hogan, The Rock, John Cena, Andre the Giant, Ric Flair. What? Batista. Don't forget about him. Who? <laughs> Batista. Uh, Dave Batista. Uh, yes, of course. Um, what are the elements that make for a superstar? Because, you know, I'm seeing, again, like, Hulk Hogan, The Rock, John Cena, they've transferred into the movies too and are some of the biggest names in, in Hollywood now. What are the elements that make for a superstar? Uh, first and foremost, charisma. You know, again, you have to have that ability to connect with an audience. And, and WWE is unique in the fact that we are in front of a live audience, um, you know, almost every single night. So not only is it televised, you know, to available in over 900 million homes all over the world, um, but we're also in front of an audience of five to 10,000 people, you know, at a minimum uh, when we're doing our programming and for our non-televised live events. So you have to have that connectivity with the audience. You have to have them, you know, give them a reason to make you care. And that's sort of this it factor um, that's, that's hard to describe, right? It's intangible. Why is one actor a movie star over another? Why does the rock resonate, you know, over somebody else? It's that charisma, that X factor. Um, of course, you have to have the physical chops and the verbal chops to be able to make it to, to, to the top of the business. But um, charisma is really that one key, that, that's the star quality. Without giving away any trade secrets, I've always wanted to ask this question. So, you know, if you're in a movie or if you're in a TV show, you're rehearsing, you're doing various cuts, you know, take two, take three, take four. How many takes and how much rehearsing goes into something, let's say like SummerSlam coming up this weekend? Well, it depends. It depends on what you're talking about. If there's a stunt involved, um, if there's uh, you know, for example, um, my match, you know, against Brie Bella at SummerSlam a long time ago required a little bit more rehearsal than probably Brie would have needed because, you know, I'm not a full-time performer. Right. Um, you know, so when we bring in celebrities, outside celebrities, there might be more rehearsal involved just to make sure everyone is, you know, knows what they're doing and, and feels good about it. Um, backstage, there, there can be scenes that are shot, you know, a few different times, though, Rarely does it take too long. You know, we tend to move quickly. We are live. And, uh, you know, Vince taught me, and I do call him Vince in business. He's dad at home. But <laughs> nothing can go wrong if it's live. So thank God I play a bad guy. Because when I've tripped on my way to the ring or I've stumbled or fumpered or whatever it is, it's like it was supposed to happen. And the audience eats it up. <laughs> What's that like for you playing a villain, a bad guy? Because I've seen you on things like Undercover Boss and, and you're just wonderful on there. And, you know, anytime I've heard you interviewed, you're, you're such a nice person. But then, you know, you're, you're, your scripted character is a villain. What's that like for you? Uh, it is the most fun to be a villain. I hate being a good guy. I, <laughs> I just despise it. I love being the bad guy. I get to play out all of the stereotypes that people have against me. I get to draw on so many different experiences in my life and, and the people that I know around me. And, you know, I get to play the person that everybody hates and be condescending to the audience and get them all riled up. I mean, it's, it's just so much fun. There, there's nothing like it. What a life. <laughs> all course, right. Ultimately I have to eat my own words. Like when Ronda Rousey broke my arm at the end of WrestleMania. So 
there's a payoff for our fans too. Don't get me wrong, but it's uh, it's the most fun. Ouch. All right, I want to talk to you about some uh, some business topics here. So the WWE through COVID never missed a week of TV production. That's amazing. What are some lessons learned from WWE that are going to be part of the new normal moving forward? Everyone I've had on the show in the last year, you know, CEOs, owners of teams, everyone's learned lessons because we've never been through anything like this before. What are some of the lessons learned that might be part of the new normal for WWE? Absolutely. Um, you know, we had the opportunity to move all of our production into our performance center, uh, which is on a dime, which is essentially our warehouse. So one of the first key learnings was the importance of having your own facility, I'd <laughs> say. Yeah. Uh, we did hope that by the fall last year, we'd be back, you know, in arenas with live events, but it wasn't meant to be. So we doubled down and we invested in this virtual technology, partnering with the famous group. We brought in nearly 1,000 virtual fans every night. We've had nearly a million fans from all around the world during that time period sign up for what we called the Thunderdome experience. We experimented with drone cameras, augmented reality, virtual reality in ways that we never have before. And now we're taking all of those key learnings and applying them back to our live events. We began touring again on July 16th from the Toyota Center in Houston, and uh, we had a lot of fun in front of that capacity crowd, and we've seen our audience, you know, returning to our live events, enjoying, you know, the upgraded live event app experience, touchless app, merch pickups, those kind of things that we didn't have before, and also now the production techniques that have been implemented with you know, larger, the, the largest screens that we've ever used for entrances with this, um, utilizing the Unreal Engine, which I believe is Epic Games' Unreal Engine, to bring to life this augmented reality, um, creating almost like a video game type experience, you know, in an effort to bring our superstars to life in ways that we never have before. Yeah, you guys do an amazing job. And WWE's always been ahead of the curve through the years, whether it was pay-per-view, OTT. You've got your deal with Peacock now that we'll talk about in a moment. You just talked about the Thunderdome. Where does that vision come from to stay ahead of the curve? To stay, well, it's actually um, one of Vince's key learnings for all of us is you always want to be slightly ahead of the curve. You never want to be so far ahead that people don't understand what you're doing, and you certainly never want to be behind. You always want to be slightly ahead. But like you said, WrestleMania 1 has been credited with pioneering the entire pay-per-view industry. Um, you know, when digital and social media launched, we saw it as an opportunity to go direct to consumer. Um, it was like grassroots marketing. Um, I think it, you will always stay slightly ahead of the curve if you always have your audience in mind first and you're always paying attention to what they're doing, where they are, how they're consuming content, and what they're asking of you because your audience will tell you. And if you always have the goal of super serving your audience the way they want to be served, that's how you can stay slightly ahead. I want to go back to WrestleMania one. I've heard a story that your parents basically like mortgaged everything they had to pay for WrestleMania one. Is that true? That's true. Wow. I'm so glad for many reasons that it paid off. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. But like, you know, you talk about entrepreneurs and you've got to be all in on things and that's being all in, but look at how that paid off. 
oh, it's, it's just incredible. But that also goes along the lines of taking calculated risks, right, and betting on yourself. I mean, that's the ultimate entrepreneur playbook. And, and my parents, you know, if they, if they didn't write it, they followed it to a T. Wow. And, you know, the other thing about WrestleMania that is so amazing and part of pop culture, it's not just about sports. You brought in, you know, Cindy Lauper and Mr. T and, you know, these people from the world of entertainment. Muhammad Ali, I think, was part of WrestleMania one or one of the early WrestleManias. It was more than just sports. Absolutely. And and when you think about that, going all the way back to WrestleMania one, you know, it was my father's vision of how could we put WWE on the map? Because back then there was no such thing as social media. Right. So how are you going to get people talking across all different kinds of water coolers? Um, so like you said, Liberace and the Rockettes opened the show. Cindy huh. Lauper was a part of the Rock and Wrestling Connection. Mr. T competed in the main event. Muhammad Ali was the special guest referee. You know, and, and then you look back to this past year's WrestleMania um, and we had Bad Bunny, you know, was was a huge part of a storyline that started in January and WrestleMania, you know, was in early April. Um, and, and Bad Bunny actually trained um, to be able to compete in the ring and blew everybody away and was uh, designated by ESPN, I think, as um, the greatest celebrity in-ring performer thus far. Uh, Logan Paul brought his YouTube influencers and was a part of another storyline for us. Um, you know, we had various musical acts. So it is a, a combination of pop culture entertainment and what we call sports entertainment for WrestleMania every year. And let me just say SummerSlam uh, this Saturday from Allegiant Stadium, you said it airing on or streaming rather on Peacock should be no different. Well, and this is the first time that SummerSlam is going to take place at an NFL venue. It's the home of the Raiders in Las Vegas. You've got John Cena and Roman Reigns headlining. Uh, that's going to be amazing. 65,000 fans or so there, right? Well, we will see where we ultimately net out, but it's looking good towards the capacity and, and where we've set it. So with Peacock, let's go back to that because, again, this is another groundbreaking deal, um, you know, you've been ahead of the curve with things like OTT. How did that deal come together? And, you know, tell our, our listeners about the deal between WWE and Peacock. Certainly. Well, WWE Network, um, like you said, was our OTT, our direct-to-consumer service that launched uh, over seven and a half years ago. So at the time, it was really Netflix, Hulu, and, and WWE Network. Wow. Um, a lot of key learnings there, but also a lot of opportunity to make mistakes. And I think that's something that we all do um, in this space and in this day and age. And I think we had a little leeway to make a few more mistakes, uh, given the landscape wasn't nearly as cluttered. Um, and, and when I say mistakes, for example, at first we required a, a six-month sign-up, um, you know, a minimum of six months that you would sign up. And that's something our fans weren't interested in. So we changed it and we made it monthly. Um, you know, the, the price point was $9.99 per month. Um, we were, we started experimenting with free tiers and all of these different things. And what we found is our fans, first and foremost, we had had a linear deal almost in place that had been being negotiated for, uh, some time. And we realized at the last minute, we wanted to own our own destiny. So we did some more research we found that our fans were five times more likely to consume online video content 
um, than the norm. And we realized we had an opportunity, which is when we launched WWE Network. And what we found, you know, six years later, probably because, you know, we started looking for a streaming partner prior to COVID. Again, being slightly ahead of the curve, we recognized how cluttered the space was starting to get, how the tech and streaming giants were really doubling down and investing in their products. And we realized, you know, we're, we're really not set up to be competitive as a tech company. You know, we're, we're a storytelling company. We're a content production company. We're a media company. We're not a tech company. And we recognize the opportunity to really partner with a best-in-class streamer. And uh, that's how we chose Peacock, working with NBCU, our partner of over 30 years, um, with best-in-class teams, you know, across all different functions. And uh, it's been really great for us thus far. Well, and for our listeners, uh, Wall Street Journal reports a multi-year agreement between WWE and Peacock valued at more than a billion dollars. So that's a pretty good deal for WWE, I would think. Uh, it, it has been a great deal. I'm not confirming or denying your numbers. Um, but I will say, you know, our it has exactly accomplished all of the things we wanted it to in terms of uh, awareness and growing our audience. You know, Peacock has, gosh, now I think north of, of 45 million signups, um, you know, which is significantly more than WWE Network had. We have the opportunity to reach so many different people. Again, really have that best-in-class experience with our teams and, and also bring to light new sponsors and, and sales opportunities that we didn't previously have. You know, again, working with NBCU, who on a regular basis sells the Olympics, um, the Super Bowl, you know, you name it. It's all of the biggest events in the world, and now WrestleMania is a part of it. All right, a few more minutes before I know I need to let you go. The daily habit. I have heard that you have a daily habit, three things that make you happy from the day before you go to bed. How did you come up with this? <laughs> are you talking about me personally yeah. or people in general? No, I, I've heard that's like one of your pet peeves is that, you know, you try and uh, have a daily habit. You try and think of three things that make you happy from the day before you go to bed. I think that's really a good habit to have. I think a lot of us kind of skip over that in our daily lives. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I don't, I, I may have said that at one point in time when I was trying that out, maybe I should try it again. <laughs> um, but, you know, Jimmy Valvano, and I, I don't want to misquote him, but he said, you need to think, cry, and laugh every day. Hmm. And if you do those three things, then you've had a full day. And I think if there's one thing that COVID has taught us this whole time period is that tomorrow, I mean, I think more than ever is that tomorrow is not a guarantee. You have to truly be grateful. And I think you have to live, you know, live as big and as bold as you possibly can, because we only have this one life. So if you think you cry, you laugh, and I would add love every day, I think that's when you've had a full day. And maybe it's a good idea to think about those things before you fall asleep at night. Yeah, that's great advice. I know you're also mom to three daughters, right? I am a very proud mom. I now have two teenage daughters. I can't even believe I'm able to say that. Okay, so wait a minute here. I've got a 16 and a half year old, so I've got a teen daughter too. Let's talk teen daughters for a moment okay. here. 
I mean, the <laughs> pandemic has been really crazy. Uh, you know, on my end, my daughter was playing sports. She was going to school in person. She was seeing friends and teachers and coaches. And then, boom, that all ends and you're doing everything virtually. And I've seen the impact that it's had on her and it hasn't been great. Things are returning to somewhat of normal. But, you know, as someone who has three mm-hmm. daughters, how have things been on your end? And what advice do you have for parents like me who are trying to navigate through this? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think we're all in the same boat, right? I'm not sure that I have any golden advice, um, except to just cherish the time that you do have with them. I do think life will go back to normal at some point, and it'll be as if, you know, well, who knows what's going to happen. I can't predict the future. But I think you just have to be there for your kids, you know, and I think this time really forces us all to, to parent more than, you know, more than maybe we have in the past. And you know, listen to them and do things with them. I mean, I think that's, you know, that's, that's the silver lining in all of this. Is it hard? Yeah. Do you have time to do it? Maybe not, especially as a working mother, when you're trying to juggle so many different aspects of this and be an at, at home teacher and, and everything else. So it, there's no, there's no golden rule, but just prioritize the best you can and, and make sure you cherish the time you have with your family and your kids. Cause you just never know how fast it's going to go. I mean, did you think 16 and a half years would go so fast? No. I mean, it's been a blur. And, and, and yeah, it, it's, I've tried to enjoy every day and not taken any day for granted, but it's still gone by quickly. It just does. And I feel like they grow before your eyes. And I look into my 15-year-old's face and I still see that little two-year-old baby and it's just a marvel to me. But of course, now I'm looking up because she's taller than me, which is something she absolutely loves. <laughs> My daughter just got her driving permit. So we've been driving oh. lately. Wait till that happens. That's that's an interesting, uh, that's a test in patience <laughs> as a parent, right? <laughs> <laughs> the bigger the kids, the bigger the problems. Isn't that the expression? Oh my gosh. All right. Before I let you go, another thing I heard about you, you can tell me if this is true or not. You train at midnight. Is this true? <laughs> Yes, I used to train at midnight, um, and I've now switched to mornings. But yeah, it, it every I used to train almost every night at midnight, and it was very challenging. But it was the only time I had, and it was also when I was more of an on-screen performer. So it was you know a requirement really to get my workouts in and stay in shape. But um, yeah, it wasn't easy, but I loved it. I'm a night person anyway. And you're married to Triple H. Is he like saying, hey, come on, we got to do this? Or are you kind of dragging him along? Are you dragging each other? How's that going? I am married to a professional athlete who (laughs) is one of the biggest badasses on the planet. I just try to keep up. You know, that's that's basically it. (laughs) What's he like as a co-parent? You were talking about you as a mom. I mean, I'm imagining you guys co-parenting your daughters together. What's that like? He is the most wonderful father. I am so blessed in so many ways, and that's one of them. You know, when they were growing up, he'd play dolls with them um, and create characters that were just, you know, awesome. He's quite creative himself. Um, Biff Bartholomew was one of them. He's the coolest cat ever. and He's always cooler than anything, (laughs) any of the other dolls. Uh, And just outrageously funny, full of dad jokes. he loves to go to their sports. He loves to be involved. He's, you know, he's just a hands-on dad who truly loves his kids, you know. And my husband and I, we're so lucky because both of our parents are still together. 
And we were really raised with the same value system. And I think, you know, the, the key to any real successful relationship, partnership, you know, business or professional or personal, is it, it is shared values. And, um, and I'm really lucky that, that we have each other. I know your girls aren't at the age yet where they're dating, but I can only imagine how terrified someone would be if they're coming to take one of your daughters out and they encounter Triple H at the pickup. And I mean, that's got to be terrifying. It, it must be or will be. And he has a t-shirt to boot that says, anything you do to my daughter, I do to you. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is amazing. Stephanie McMahon, Chief Brand Officer of WWE. Follow her on Twitter at Steph McMahon or on Instagram at Stephanie McMahon. A reminder, SummerSlam is going to stream live on Saturday, August 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Peacock. Stephanie, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Thank you so much for joining me on Sports Business Radio. Well, thank you so much for having me, Brian. I look forward to the next time. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. And thanks to our partner, Molka Sports, for powering Sports Business Radio. Learn more about them online at molkasports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A sports.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions. GriggsProductions.com.